what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pop Culture Podcast. I think this is episode 85. It could be episode 86. Nonetheless, we are one of the world's most controversial podcasts, not because we're rude, but just because we don't do a welcome to country at the start of each episode. It's just something that we've, you know, I say we to make it sound like it's a bigger thing than it is. It's, it's just me. I don't do a welcome to country because I don't, I don't know what it does. I don't think it does anything. And I don't think podcasts are the right platform to do a welcome to country. Do you call it a welcome to country in America? I'm not sure. Welcome to country is something that uh, uh, Australians with a guilty conscience do to acknowledge our wrongs or our ancestors' wrongs with the Aboriginals of this country. So they say, hey, sorry we stole your land. We recognise that it's stolen. Um, We'd like to recognise the traditional owners and with that said, let's get on with our show because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we just we just wanted to tell you that we knew. It's a very strange thing. I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how it's effective, I think is what I'm trying to say. But it's very fashionable at the moment. You can't go anywhere without a welcome to country. Even talking about it like I am now raises the risk of being called a racist based on the fact that you can't ask questions about it. You gotta make sure you're saying First Nations when you're referring to the traditional owners. You can't be saying Aboriginal anymore. Which I think I would have less of an issue with it if people backed it up with action. I hate I've always hated people who just go out and they talk the talk and then it comes action time and they can't back it up. They go, actually, I've right, I was I was just talking smack. That's why I love a bloke like Conor McGregor, because he talks the talk and a lot of the time he he backs it up. I was watching Muhammad Ali clips before I started this, and man, he had a a really good reputation for talking so much smack, for saying so many words. And then when it came to the crunch, he would go, all right, well, I've said these words, I better back it up now. But with the welcome to country, it's weird because you say, hey, we live on stolen land, we recognise the traditional owners of the land, and then they say, well, um, do you reckon we could have it back? And you go, nah, it's my land now, though. I just wanted to tell you that I knew. I was just trying to rub it in a little bit. I just want you to know that I know it used to be yours, but we stole it. That's what it is, I think. I, it, just, it feels disrespectful to me to hear someone say, we acknowledge that it's yours, but now it's mine. Because the people that do the acknowledging say that it was stolen. So if you stole it and you believe that, give it back. Don't pretend like there's not younger generations of ancient Aboriginal tribes still wandering around. Sure. You might have to do a little bit of digging, but if you care that much, you should have to. You can't just come out here on Instagram and talk about you acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and not give it back. You can't. I, I feel like I would find it hard to live with that conscience because you just, every time you get out of bed, you're like, oh, crap, this isn't my place. I shouldn't be here. I've got a mate who, in like 2008, he went to the Beijing Olympics to watch his brother run, and he got really drunk one night. And he caught the he caught the elevator up to the sixth floor of his apartment. He went inside and he fell asleep on the couch. And he woke up the next morning with like a tiny little Asian lady whacking him on the foot with her broom. And, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, how did you get in here?" And then he had the realization. He's like, "Oh, actually, this is I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> I shouldn't be here." He was in the wrong house. He'd he'd gone up an apartment. Uh, he'd gone up a, a level too soon. He got off at apartment uh, or level twelve when he should have been at level thirteen. Do they do level 13s in apartments? 
Anyway, what I'm trying to say is when he realised he was in the wrong place, he got out of it. Because that's what you do if you know you're in the wrong spot. You didn't just lay there going, look, I know it was yours. I know this is yours, but actually it's... Can you... I'm not, I'm not doing anything about it. That's a bad analogy. I know that. But I was, I was thinking on my feet. <laughs> but it's... Anyway, so that's what's been going through my mind at the moment. Frustrating because you can't listen to a podcast with, without a welcome to country. You can't listen to... I went to a comedy night the other night. It was a room full of white people. There was only white people in the room. And then one of the white people said to the rest of the white people, hey, this land's stolen. And some of the white people were like, oh, no. And another white guy's like, should we, should we leave? Like, should we give it back? And then another guy's like, oh, nah, because I've got me business in that on here. I've built me house and all that. So it's like I just wanted to, just wanted to recognize the fact that it was a bit, a bit stolen. I don't know, maybe I'm... You've got to be careful not to turn into an old cynical man as well. I think you've got to be real careful of that. I'm 36 next month, and you feel little elements of cynicism. I'm not sure if it's cynical or if I'm just seeing things that make no sense to me and talking about it. You've got to be so careful when you talk about this stuff, don't you? Because, you know, it was sort of like the COVID thing. No one wants an honest conversation. You just, you want to say the right thing. You've got to... Remember how people used to look at you when you didn't wear your mask in the early days of, of COVID? You're doing the wrong thing. You've got to be careful not to, uh, not to go down there. I'm not going to go down the COVID rabbit hole for too long, but there was a funny clip. I follow, I follow a bloke on Instagram called The Real Rockshan. He's like an independent journalist, I guess you would call him. And he says the things that mainstream journalists, uh, you know, I'm not saying for sure they're not allowed to say, but... There certainly seems to be a lot of limitation on their freedom to express what they're seeing out in the field, so to speak. And and this guy is, uh, it's more interesting, that's for sure, because you hear a voice that you don't usually get to hear. And Real Rakshan posted this morning, it was Dan Andrews at, at the, uh, which is the Victorian Premier, that's a state that I live in. Dan Andrews, Victorian Premier at the Pride March, answering questions around vaccine efficacy to some member of the public was like hey do you still say they worked and he's like well we followed the science <laughs> i just at this point i'm actually starting to admire the bloke i just uh it, he's very resilient i'll give him that i i get criticism from one of my friends and i go oh well you know i better make it up i don't i don't want them to be upset at me dan andrews has a lot of people in a whole state calling him a flog and a liar and a sociopath and i'm not saying any of those things are true i think the lying thing's probably true but it's it's covered up because like the political world's a little bit funny because you you're allowed to lie a bit more freely in the political sense because it's weird how the rules change it's weird how the rules change you're allowed to lie if you're a politician and it's almost just part of the game but if you're a kid you get a smack i wish i was going to say i wish roles were reversed and my kids could just lie and i could give dan andrews a smack but that you know that'd be that'd be strange as well It'd be weird to smack a premier, especially in the way that you smack a child, like right on the bum, like a little little slap. I don't know. I don't think you'd be into it. I'm not, mind you, he's got two kids, so you never know what a man like that's into. Because I've seen him before, and yeah, it's weird when you look at a, a public figure like that, and and they've always got to look the part. They've got to dress in a suit. They have to speak very properly, and then. And then you go, oh, but they've got two kids. Do you ever do that thing where you look at someone and you're like, oh, that like this happens to me sometimes when I look at Kim Kardashian. I go, she's stunning. And then a, one part of your brain goes, yeah, but she also has to do poo. 
She has to do a poo sometimes. And you think, oh, that's, that's humbling, isn't it? Because it's a basic observation. It's obviously a fact, but when you see a bikini model strutting down a beach, you go, well, that's gorgeous. And then every now and then, what wrecks it is when, when that part of your brain goes, yeah, but she, like, probably in an hour, she has to do a poo. Who knows with those guys, though? Like, the Kardashian family is an interesting one because... Oh, no, I was going to make a joke about about Caitlyn Jenner because, I mean, that nah, you're not allowed to do it. You get yourself kicked off YouTube if you start making those kind of jokes. I'll let your mind wonder where that was going to go. And if it's rude, you're the asshole. You can't go throwing that back on me. You have no idea what I was about to say. But uh, does that actually happen to you? I've never said that out loud before. It's like the other day I was sitting at the table with, with my family and we were just talking about random things and then I started telling them about how just thinking about brushing my teeth gives me goosebumps. Like there's something about the rubbing of the brush on my actual teeth that I get legitimate goosebumps, just not pleasurable goosebumps, like excited goosebumps, if that's a thing, but goosebumps as in like, I don't know, it's just a weird sensation. I'm getting them right now just thinking about it. But I said that out loud and they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, dude, what are you <laughs> what are you talking about? You get goosebumps when you brush your teeth. And I'd, I'd just been so used to it for so many years that uh, I'd, I hadn't really thought too much about it. Anyway, we had, we had Jessie's family up here the other day, her auntie Joy, Uncle Wayne. Uncle Wayne's a, Uncle Wayne's a great man. He's a funny man. He just sort of, he just sits there and smiles and he's just lovely. And But he, he's got a new watch. He's got a new Apple Watch. And apparently the Apple Watch connects to his camera. So I've, I've got no, I don't have an Apple Watch and I've got like an iPhone 7. So I don't think the features that he was getting access to are accessible for me. So to be honest, it was kind of exciting to see what it was that he was doing with it. But the truth was he, uh, it, it's old people are funny with technology because when they get the gadgets, they're excited to get it, but they can't implement the, the gadgets as effectively as what a younger person can. And there was a classic example of this because his wife was saying, hey, Wayne, let's get some family photos. And everyone said, okay, well, if we have to, we'll, we'll just do it. So we all sat around a table and we looked at the camera and we all smiled. And then at the end, we went and had a look at the photos. But because Wayne was taking the photos on his watch, in every photo, he's just looking like this. He's He's got his finger on his watch and he's just looking at it. So it made for a terrible photo. We're all... We're all ready for action it's one of those ones where i think if you're 20 years old you'd have the watch down on your lap or on your wrist and your hand sitting on your lap and you'd just press the photo button because you'd know where just by feel that photo button is on your on your screen but when you wayne must be pushing 70 so you got to give him a little bit of credit but when you're pushing 70 and you're trying to take a photo like that you have to be all hands on deck which he was but it just every photo was just, it was just so shit as a result because wayne wasn't a part of it and then Auntie Joy, the next day, we went out to the, uh, we went down to the beach, and I was watching her. She forgot to bring her bathers, so Auntie Joy, she went in just fully clothed, which was, for most people, would be a funny thing, but for for Auntie Joy, she just wanted to go for a swim, and it just seemed like a logical idea. And then when she was out there, she she like it was a, we were in a bay, she kept tripping over, and uh, I was laughing with my brother-in-law because he's like, do you ever try and make an excuse for someone just to save the awkwardness, and they they refuse your excuse? He said, I was sitting there and I was just saying to Auntie Joy, oh, yeah, you keep falling over. Like, the current's strong, isn't it? She's like, no, there's no current here, love. There's nothing. He's like, oh, you're stepping on rocks or something. She's like, no, nah, I'm, um, I'm just falling over. 
And he's like, oh, this is uncomfortable because I can't, they were having a serious conversation. He goes, I can't, I can't just keep having a serious conversation with you if you're going to be falling over on nothing. That's like a dangerous, uh, a dangerous situation to find yourself in when you're out in the water. Older family is funny like that. It's weird just watching dynamics change when, when family members get a little bit older, don't you think? I've, I've noticed that. Oh, my neighbor's just come around my backyard, old Neil. Neil's a, Neil's a funny guy. I hope he doesn't look up because I'm going to have to leave you guys and go and talk to him. But Neil said to me yesterday, he goes, mate, have you noticed our fence getting a bit wonky? I go, yeah, mate, yeah, 100% it's wonky, isn't it? I've noticed how it's a bit wonky. I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever looked at our fence in my whole life. <laughs> he yelled out over the fence. I go, Neil, I trust your judgment, mate. But um, I said, I don't know if I'm going to be home. So just make yourself, uh, make yourself comfortable. Come around the backyard. Just don't step in the chicken poo. I've got six chickens at the moment. I think I told you that. And these six chickens, uh, they've made themselves right at home. At the start, they were very they were very timid. They didn't want to have much to do with the backyard. At the moment, I um, I tried to make them a, a roosting box or a, like a nesting box. It actually doubles. It's a roosting and it's a, it's got like a, a little beam of wood or a plank of wood hanging out to the side of the box. And if you want to go into the middle, you can. They didn't want it. I just used recycled materials from our shed. A little bit of lattice going up to a platform because they like a little bit of elevation is what I hear. And then I I put in so much work with my brother-in-law. And they honestly, I've never seen someone give such little of a shit about a design that I've made uh, as to what these chickens did. And it just makes our backyard look very bogan, to be honest. So yesterday I started taking it down. As I've taken the lattice down, the I, I did not know chickens had the ability to fly so well. One of the chickens flew from about halfway across the backyard and bullseyed himself right into the into the nesting box, which was incredible. And I'm looking at as we speak. Um, yeah, the backyard needs a clean. I'm going to be honest. We need to get on top of that a little bit. It's a combination of factors. It's the chickens and also having a boy. Yeah. Parents out there will understand this. We've got so many toys just laying around our backyard that we're never going to use. And that's one area that I reckon my life has slipped in that area since we had kids. I started, well, I used to be under the impression that when I had kids, I would get more and more organized based on the fact you have to be more organized. Like if you're going to have a kid, you can't you can't afford just to, you know, let let unnecessarily de- unnecessary details of your life sort of fall apart. But this one is is one. I used to be right into minimalism. I used to be right into um, just general health and well-being. Oh, here we go. He's walking past again. Don't make eye contact. He's just looking at the ground. Don't look up, Neil. There he goes. He's out of sight. That's good. I love Neil, but I just it's the wrong time. While I'm talking to you guys, I can't be having a conversation with my neighbour. Yeah, but since having kids, I reckon so many details of my life. Like if you saw my my room at the moment, you'd go, "Come on, Tyson, what's going on, mate?" Like, I'm a Jordan Peterson fan, and I think his number one tip is, hey, keep your room clean. And then you see what I'm working with, and you go, oh, well, he's, he's, let his, he's let his guard down a little bit. Then every now and then, something else will, will sort of highlight. I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day, and I had a slight monobrow growing. And always, eyebrow, eyebrow treatment was something that I was very aware of. I didn't go out in public to get it done, because I didn't have the confidence for that. But I had the confidence to go into my bathroom with some, with some tweezers, and you know a slightly brighter light so I could get a really good view of what was going on in the eyebrow region. But uh, I looked at myself the other day and I thought, oh well, first of all, I haven't brushed my teeth and it's 4 p.m. Second of all, I've got a monobrow. So I don't know, how do you guys do it? I've got a new respect. I've got two kids and I speak to some people who have four. There's a lady that I know who's got five kids. There's a lady I know actually, she's 31 
and she's got four kids. She's got a husband who's also 31. And I go, but how do you do four kids? It is quite remarkable. Like there's nothing but respect that I have for them. And their house is clean. I think as you get older, it gets easier as well. Because obviously, when your kids are young, you've, you're just trying to navigate the world of pooey nappies. You're trying to navigate the world of you have to clothe them. Um, every now and then they'll just wee their pants. We've done toilet training recently, so that's been a bloody nightmare. My kid's just been running around. The, he honestly believes he's got a little tiny fire hose attached to his uh, attached to his hips. That's what he that's what he calls it. He says he's a fireman, so he'll run out and just put out imaginary fires around the house. But the problem with that is, well, I'm sure he's starting to realize he's actually just pissing on random items of furniture in our house, <laughs> which is which is really really uncalled for. I feel. I don't want to be too judgmental. It was in the Willies are funny on little kids as well, and I'm going to be cautious not to speak too much about this because I'm not sure about YouTube algorithms and, and whether you're allowed to speak about these topics. But he was sitting in the bathtub the other day. He's he's stretching it like and he's stretching it further than it should have been stretched. It was a it went from like a piece of penne pasta to a piece of spaghetti. Do you know it went long, and I go, what are you doing, mate? He goes, hey, take this off. I go, well, bud, honestly, you would really, really regret that. I think. I reckon it's one of those things that you'd get a couple of years down the track, and if, if you actually took it off, you're going to regret it. But for, they're very impulsive is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very strange having kids. I love it, but it, it just comes with uh, some asterisks. comes with a couple of asterisks. Do you say asterisks? Boys are, boys are bloody. I used to hear people say that genders were they were sort of socialized into their roles like women were encouraged to go and be nurses and care for people and boys were encouraged to go and play with trucks and play with things and then I had a kid and I was like oh okay no because I've got no interest in construction I've got no interest in tools I've got no interest in like does any of that and my boy's obsessed with it there's there's been no encouragement on my front I'm, I'm actually a little bit disappointed how interested in cars and trucks and, and construction he is because it makes me think that we're not going to have that much in common there's a car show in queenscliff at the moment which is my town and nice cars drive past our front window and charlie's so excited to see that and I, I just could not care his two-year-old cousin little girl also charlie's at our house also doesn't care she's genuinely off in the corner she's either cleaning up or playing with barbies Granted, Charlie every now and then will just wander over and see what Barbie's doing. But the cheeky thing, he's not doing, he's not looking at Barbie in the way that his cousin does. He's looking at Barbie, he'll look up the skirt. And he goes, hey, Daddy, what's that? I say, oh, it's a bum, buddy, and it's her boobs. He goes, yeah, nice. I go, mate, you too. Don't say that. He, I'm not going to, I don't want to be that dad. I'll just tell you two more quick things. The other day I went and picked him up from daycare and the lady said, hey, um, just wanted to give you a heads up that today at bedtime we put the kids down um, we went and got a, a, a cup of tea, came back in, Charlie wasn't in his bed. He had snuggled up next to Lily. He'd taken off his blanket and went and uh, started spooning Lily a little bit. He was sound asleep there. And I said, are you mad? They go, are you mad? I said, I'm proud. They said, we sort of all felt the same. We were really impressed with the confidence that the kids showed. It's quite remarkable. They don't get that. They don't know... Like, I don't know how Lily felt about it. I hope he doesn't get me too because she obviously didn't have a say in it. But she was asleep as well. So I'm just going to say it, it appeared though she embraced it. And there was no roofies at daycare. He hadn't been spiking any uh, spiking any cordials. He was on his best behavior. I think he just had a little bit of charm, that nice blonde hair. And he's got a little summer tan going at the moment. He's looking all right, little Charlie boy. But kids are funny. Last night we had... Um, 
we had my brother-in-law's mate over. His name's Andy. And Andy is 59 years old and he's bald. And halfway through the conversation, it, it there's just there's just no uh, there's just no delicacy in the way that sensitive topics are approached. Halfway through the conversation, my boy looked at me, goes, "Dad, I go, mate, I'm talking." He goes, "What, Dad? Where's that man's hair?" I said, "Well, Andy, I'm so sorry. I know you heard that question as well. I hope it's not a sensitive topic for you." And uh, Charlie looked at him, just mortified. He was so nervous about what had happened to this man's hair. He he could not believe that this man had no hair on his head. He's going to me, Dad. Is he is that a baby? Is he a baby? I go, mate. Look at he's fifty nine years old. He's got three kids. He's not a baby, buddy. He just doesn't have any hair. He's on the other side of the spectrum. You start with no hair, you get a little bit of hair, and then I'm not sure. Is it high testosterone levels? There's always a correlation between men with hairy chests and bald head. I think, but those same people that have very hairy faces but very bald heads. That's that bikey look. But anyway, you've got to be a little bit more discreet than that. As you get older, you start to learn how to be discreet. I went out for a... This is a funny story because it took me a little while to figure out actually what was so funny about it. But I realized it was just, it was just a very mild racism, but it was meant as a compliment. It wasn't from me. I was at a country Victorian pub. I was in Merber North or Merber North. And we were looking through the, the menu. Now, my preference is vegetarian. Not because I'm a wanker, just because I don't like meat that much. All right, Though some people would argue that there's a very strong chance that wanker could have a lot to do with it. So I'm not going to rule it out completely. I'll let you be the judge. Just don't tell me if it is. We were sitting there. They had so many options. You had your chicken parmigiana. You had your steak. You had your pasta. And they all gave the bare minimum details about what it was that you were getting served. And then there was one menu which went into an unnecessary detail. One meal on the menu. It said... A traditional Indian meal cooked by our head chef Vindu, and I thought I, I know what you've done there. <laughs> it, because when you look at the chicken parmigiana, it didn't say it was cooked by Danny from Maui, and when you looked at the pasta, it didn't say it was cooked by Paul from Trelgan. But when you looked at the Indian curry and it said it was cooked by head chef Vindu, you go, okay, look, what you're trying to say. And I appreciate it. You're a country pub. You're not known for your Indian population. What you're telling me is this is a traditional Indian meal. And you can't say it's cooked by an Indian man because that sounds racist. But what you can do is you can say that it's cooked by your head chef who has the name Vindu. And with that name Vindu, the customer can go, that sounds like a good curry, doesn't it? So what... I did something a little bit sneaky because they had it was at a, at a bistro, Merbin North Pub, and uh, I went up to the counter and you could see all the chefs behind the counter, and so I put in my order, and uh, I said to the bloke, "Mate, what's this curry like?" He said, "It's fantastic." I go, "Mate, just have a look around there." And he looked into the kitchen. I go, "Tell me, mate, which one's Vindu?" He goes, "Oh, I had this little smirk on his face." He goes, "Oh, yeah, Vindu retired a couple of years ago, mate, but we just..." Uh, it's a popular dish. <laughs> so Vindu's, he's taken his traditional home-cooked curry. Uh, I think he's taken the, the recipe away with him because I saw about a 57-year-old bloke. He was a local. He lived there. He had the bald head and the big beard. He, he'd never been to India, put it that way. And it was, I saw, a, I saw a can of just like, I'm not sure what the spice was, but it was the one that I would buy if I went into a curry section at Coles as well. 
what I'm trying to say is I admire I admire the efforts that they went to not to appear as though they're assholes and also to sound as though this meal was a good put it this way, it worked for me. If Vindu hadn't have been on the menu, I probably wouldn't have bought that meal. But I thought you've got to be that's subtle racism, isn't it? Like, but that's the good kind of racism. That's where you're trying to say, look, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to call this bloke Indian, but what I'll tell you is this bloke with a very Indian name is cooking this meal. And you put two and two together and you tell me, do you want to eat that? The answer's always, the answer's always going to be yes. Oh, dude. Anyway, so that just, that makes me laugh a little bit. It's weird with kids, the things they say though, because um, I've, I've got a little bit of a potty mouth from time to time. I'm trying to improve it. It's been bad since my brother-in-law's been here because we have too much fun. And when I get excited, I swear, just because it makes things, in my mind, it makes things so much funnier. I know that that's an immature thing to say. People often look at Charlie and they go, oh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, how old is he? I go, he's two. They go, one, one lady goes to me, oh, he seems a little immature. I go, he's two. What do you, th- yes, he's, I'm 35 and a couple of weeks ago I stretched my willy out just to see who, who could make their willy look more like a giraffe's neck. My brother-in-law won because it was, it was more accurate. Giraffe's necks are very long. Um, mine just looked like a meerkat trying to get its head over the fence, <laughs> you know, which is too much information for, you know. That's not the kind of information that I told you you're going to receive here. But but kids are kids are funny like that. My my uncle my uncle went to uh, he was an ambulance officer for a while. He was a paramedic. He went to a place one day where an 85 year old man had a heart attack, and when he got there, there was the insert of a toilet roll over his willy. And he got there, and he goes, what, "What's happened here?" So the man had had a heart attack, and before he'd had a heart attack, he was watching a documentary about a Kenyan tribe, and the Kenyans had like a hollowed-out bull or buffalo horn over their penis, and they were doing their traditional Kenyan dance. So he thought this would be funny, so he ran into the toilet, put that cardboard thing over, tied it around his waist with a bit of string, and started chasing his wife. And halfway through all the excitement, the poor bugger had a heart attack, and he survived, I'm pretty sure, is how the story goes. And I tell you that because he was 85 years old. So I think the fact that my, my two-year-old's getting judged for his maturity level, it's it's probably 83 years premature. And if there's an 85-year-old man doing acts like that, it just makes me think, look, is maturity really what we're going for? I feel like I'd much rather be able to chase my wife around, hopefully with a healthy heart at the age of 85. With a little cardboard insert. I was going to tell you that it wouldn't fit. It would fit perfectly. It would fit three of them inside. Again, too much info, but that's that's what we're learning. You've got to be careful with punishing kids as well. Like, even if they are a little immature, you've got to be careful. My mum used to put Tabasco sauce in my mouth from time to time. It always had the wrong effect because she would put it in. I'd be like, ah, mum, fuck, that's hot. <laughs> you can't, and I was usually getting it in my mouth because of the fact that I was swearing. But when you feel Tabasco sauce on your tongue for the first time, you're five years old. There's no other word but to say, ah, oh, fuck, mum, that's too hot. What are you doing, you bitch? And she's like, well, you're going to have to drink the whole bottle now because the idea behind me giving this to you was for you simply to learn the lesson. But instead, it seems to have just taken all the words which were buried deep down inside you and, and brought them all out at once. But uh, And then some people put the soap in their mouth. I was talking to a mate at uh, my church yesterday and he was saying to me that he, he punishes his kid Every now and then he would just squirt some soap in his mouth. But his kid came out the other day and he's like, Dad, it tastes nice. And look at this. I can blow bubbles now. And so he said his kid's been going into the bathroom and just squirting a thing of soap into his mouth from time to time and walking around the house like a little human bubble machine, which I thought was hilarious. It doesn't always have the intended 
affects the way you think your discipline is going to uh, impact your kid. It doesn't always impact them in the way that you anticipate. Who would think that squirting soap into your kid's mouth would give him an idea on how to be a human bubble machine? He said it was, I think it was chamomile flavor, and he said it was quite nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you've got any tips on that, that'd be good. Our house is getting cleaner at the moment. My boy's getting the hang of toilet training. I'm uh, I'm spending a little bit of time out at the moment because I'm getting into marathon training for... I'm going to do the Melbourne Marathon this year. I'm just doing four runs a week for the time being, though. Just to, My calves are pulling up a little. So I ran 20Ks yesterday, which is... Eight, what's 10 miles, 11... Like maybe 12 miles, 12 and a half miles. And so I woke up this morning feeling a little tender. I've still got nine months. I've got to be careful not to get excited because I love running. So the balance is, like, you can love running and, and do a little bit less of it consistently. Or I can make the classic mistake and love running and start running too much too soon. And then it comes to October and I'm in a wheelchair because I've got so many stress fractures in my legs. So I'm hoping that by October the legs are feeling good. My last experience with a marathon was horrific. So I have to go out and at least break three hours. That's my goal. Hopefully break three hours for the marathon. It's faster than you think, though. I've been doing some of my training sessions recently going, all right, I've got a little bit of work to go. But the good thing, because I've got such a history in the world of running, it's it's easier. You get fit quicker, I think. And that's always a big plus. When you get fit quicker, you start to feel as though, ah, oh, okay, like my body can still do this. The only thing I'm not looking forward to is is the fact that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be getting skinny again, unfortunately, regardless of how much I eat. The vanity factor is kicking back in. I said to my mate the other day, I don't really want to do a marathon because I'm going to get skinny. He goes, mate, no one. You're 36 and you've been married 11 years. What? Who are you trying to impress? I was like, I'd honestly, like, this might sound fake. I just like to look good in the mirror. I just like to walk past that mirror and go, holy shit, that's me. Look at that. But when there's ribs poking out and, you know, the skinny triceps, it's not as exciting. But anyway, I'll keep you posted on that in the next few weeks. I'm going to uh, organise another couple of podcast interviews in the next few weeks. I hope you liked that one last week with Sam Talent. What a funny man. Anyway, but for today, for for, for right now, that's uh, enough. I'm going to um, go get myself some breakfast. Much love. Have a great week, and I'll see you all here again next week. Hopefully, come back.